Pediatric Junkies, and welcome to another episode of the SNAP Podcast. Today, we will be speaking with Lori Bartelson, the Chair of the Adolescents and Adults with Developmental Disabilities SIG for the Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy. She's been practicing PT for the past 25 years, where she's worked in both home health and school-based therapy. She currently continues her journey in school-based PT because of her passion to help individuals excel as they progress through the school system. This population comes with its own challenges, but Lori's passion as she speaks about her practice shows how rewarding it can be. Lori initially became involved at the state level and progressed through the academy to her current position as the chair of the Adolescents and Adults with Developmental Disabilities SIG chair. So let's hear what she has to say about the SIG. Okay, Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. So as we've been going through this podcast, we've kind of found that we want to learn more about each of our SIGs, which is our special interest groups here in the Academy. And you are the chair of our Adolescents and Adults with Developmental Disabilities SIG. So I was wondering, just to start off this podcast, could you tell us a little bit about your guys' SIG? Our purpose is to improve health, quality of life, and participation in activities of adults and adolescents with lifelong disabilities. Um, Some of the goals that um, we're really trying to do as a SIG um, is uh, one of the main goals is engage members, of course, um, and providing resources and continuing education um, opportunities for our members. In that way, we try to have three to four educational webinars a year, usually using Zoom as our platform. Um, We provide sessions at APTAC, um, which is the annual conference for the APPT and um, at the APTA uh, combined sections meeting. Um, We also um, are trying to engage our members in research opportunities. Um, one of the um, websites to help with that is mycp.org. Um, there are other um, research opportunities out there um, that are listed um, in the newsletters from the APPT with the surveys and asking for research. Um, and those things kind of come, some of those things come through me and I spread them out um, to our regional um, uh, regional leaders to send that out to the members in their regional areas. Um, and we're, we're kind of um, reorganizing a little bit and updating um, some of our leadership roles and um, responsibilities and those kind of documents. Um, we really want to bring more to the forefront our adolescents and adults who don't seem to sometimes really fall in the pediatric world or the adult world. Um, You know, some pediatric PTs and doctors aren't extremely comfortable with working with um, the adolescents and adults. And then some adult doctors and PTs, same thing, um, aren't real comfortable with these lifelong disabilities. So really trying to kind of bring that out and provide those resources to PTs and um, providing resources that we can take also to um, other practitioners that would be serving um, adolescents and adults with developmental disabilities. Right, which is so important. Um, Something that I've talked a lot about with some of my coworkers is how we help transition these individuals without making them feel insecure and making sure that they're still in a 
a healthcare environment that understands where they're at. So for our student members, can you kind of describe a little bit some of the different challenges that come along with the adolescents and adults with developmental disabilities and why, you know, why they might need a specific SIG versus all of the other um, individuals? Um, There hasn't been a lot, and and it's becoming more and more um, as our SIG has grown. Um, We are over 300 members, so we're, we're growing nationally. We've got some people who are really um, focusing on um, the health and wellness portions and the transition portions. We've got different work groups working on fact sheets and, and um, journal articles and white papers to help promote those things. One of the hardest things um, and finding resources for is, is that transition piece. And, and when children finish, when they hit 21, and it's all also determined by state and how each state um, funds, um, people with lifelong disabilities. Um, but in most instances, it feels like once you, um, either graduate or age out of high school, um, for our, our adolescents and adults with, um, developmental disability disabilities, there isn't much out there for them. There aren't very many programs that keep them engaged, Um, like they do at school. There aren't very many programs that do much more than just care for their basic needs. Um, The families don't have a lot of resources to to really um, provide, um, you know, things for their children. Um, And transportation is a big issue. Um, I know in South Carolina, public transportation is terrible. you know, so getting people to the visits, the medical visits that they need, whether it's um, therapy or it's to the doctor or it's just to the community to go see a movie. Um, you know, the, the thing that we're trying to really um, provide our members and get out there are some resources to help with that transition, really trying to get with other practitioners and teachers um, using tools that'll sit down with the families and with these adolescents and adults and saying, what are you interested in? What are your strengths? Um, where are your needs? Um, where do you see yourself in, you know, in six months, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, kind of trying to really find that information and provide those resources to the families and provide the services that we can to the families. And so we have a lot of, um, resources that, um, you know, within our SIG, but also within people that are part of our SIG that are very active in our SIG. It's, you know, they're easy to contact and say, Hey, have you come across this? I'm looking for a tool that might do this. Um, so those are some of the things that we really provide in an area that seems to be almost when they hit 21, they age out of school. And then there's this whole cliff where they're falling off where the community activities have dropped, the health, you know, activities have dropped. They feel like maybe they had PT for, you know, 10 years of their life and it really didn't do anything. So where do we need to look now? We really need to be looking at that recreation. We really need to look at that health and that health and wellness piece, you know, get them to buy back in that PT really is going to be beneficial to them um, in their future. So um, trying to make a bridge that there isn't that big gap. Right. And, you know, for the students that are listening, 
it's so important that we have these conversations. I am a new professional and I work in a organization. Uh, It's like a children's hospital. And we have an age limit to where we can see our patients to. And it's like a hard limit that once they're over that age, they need to go to a different therapist. They need to go to a different doctor. Um, And that's a lot of change in somebody's life when they may have been seeing us one, two, three times a week for since they were little, you know, Um, nice to know that there's a SIG that's providing kind of the information to help us have those conversations and help provide resources to our families because you're right they're not as easy to find as you would think or as readily available right so speaking of your SIG you brought up your goals are you guys currently looking for any volunteers in any areas um as as I was approached to do this interview it kind of joggled my mind and and sitting on the um um the APTAC committee and, um, you know, listening to the uh, student new professional um, committee person in in that um, area back when we just had our um, annual conference out there in Disneyland Resort, um, you know, it dawned on me that we haven't reached out to the students and new professionals. That is as a, um, as a leadership. So we have, you know, whole group of leaders Um, we've got the chair we've got the vice chair we've got the secretary um, we've got um, you know regional leaders um, some you know liaisons to other SIGs and to knowledge translation etc but we really haven't considered um, having a a student new professional as part of our leadership team and I think that would be um, really beneficial to us as a SIG and our leadership and um, maybe hopefully would be beneficial to um, the students and new professionals um, to have, whether it's a liaison between the two groups or, you know, we have our own separate um, person. So I'm, I'm very interested in, um, you know, bringing that up to our leadership and talking to um, you guys more about um, maybe finding somebody who could fill that gap for us. And another um thing that we're always looking for is I mentioned that we're, we do the webinars during the year and um, we're always looking for topic and presenter ideas. Um, we're looking for people who are interested in being a presenter. They're about 45 minutes long. Um, it's real easy. It's just, um, you know, a benefit that we provide to our members. So right offhand, those are the two areas that I see, um, you know, kind of our greatest need with volunteers at this point. Um, but if somebody has any, um, you know, great ideas, some great articles. Um, they're getting ready to publish something. They want to get it out there, things like that. Um, or they're interested in any, any of these other things I've mentioned. Um, you know, they just need to email me at aaddsig at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, I know that we would be very excited to help you get a new professional or a student involved in your SIG, especially as like a leadership opportunity. We talk a lot about how having students and new professionals on these boards are great. Not only um, ways to get the viewpoint of the new professionals and students coming into our field, but also what a great way for mentorship and leadership in the academy. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe we can all get together at CSM or something like that. And we can talk about how to find someone that would work for your group. 
sounds good. Perfect. So stay tuned, listeners. We'll make sure that we let you guys know about that opportunity as soon as possible. And like Lori said, if you have any good topics or ideas for one of these presentations, feel free to reach out to her. Um, You mentioned that you guys have some fact sheets. Do you have any other resources that you would suggest for students or new professionals that are dealing with adolescents and adults with developmental disabilities? Um, Many of our members, um, you know, take a look at your pediatric physical therapy journal. Uh, Many of our members um, publish in the journal there. Um, That's part of the membership um, to the APPT. Um, Also, the APPT puts out a special interest group article spotlight newsletter. Um, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to that or noticed that, um, but um, that's put together by the APPT and the Knowledge Translation Committee. So our SIG liaison gathers articles that are of interest to um, our members, and that gets published in that newsletter. And what's great about that newsletter is um, each SIG has the opportunity to um, provide some highlighted articles that are maybe really current or real, um, you know, cover a, a current hot, top, hot topic. Um, and each SIG is listed with a few articles listed under it. So, you know, reading that and looking at that, you can pull articles from, you know, all different areas. Um, that our SIGs cover. So that's a great resource too, to kind of see what's a hot topic out there, kind of some current literature um, without having to peruse through every single journal. Um, CP Now is a website that's um, great, has a lot of information um, for um, people with um, lifelong disability, specifically, specifically with cerebral palsy. Yes, absolutely. I have used that website a couple of times. I did not know about that newsletter. For our other listeners who may not know about it, is this something that we need to sign up for specifically or should we be already be getting the emails if we're APPT members? I'm pretty sure you should already be getting the emails. I don't know. I'd have to find out from Cindy Sliwa if you have to be a SIG member. And, and if you do, it would probably be just any SIG um, right. because um, all the SIGs are listed. But my understanding is it's an APPT member, but I'd have to go back to Cindy Sliwa to find out for sure. So we'd we'll have to research exactly why, you know, um, what the requirement is to get that newsletter. I know I just get it through my email. Yeah, I'll have, have to look into it because I haven't seen it, but, you know, sometimes you click through your emails a little too quick and delete things that maybe you shouldn't have. So, right. And mine, mine do clutter. Like some of my emails end up in clutter or some sort of, you know, I have to go back and make it okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll have to look into that. So what an awesome resource actually, because not only will you stay up to date in your area, I think it's easy sometimes when you find an area of interest or an area that you practice in, you kind of forget about what's happening in other areas. So it's nice to have a place where, oh, this is all kind of the new upcoming hot topics that maybe you should just at least be aware of. And then you have the opportunity to read deeper if you're interested. So you kind of mentioned this, but we've been asking all of uh, each SIG, the APPT is currently going through a restructuring. 
And we were wondering if your SIG had any specific type of restructuring that you were going through. We're not restructuring. We're kind of reorganizing um, and regrouping, but not restructuring at this point. Now. Okay. All right. And so last but not least, like I already mentioned, we have CSM coming up. And we were wondering if your SIG is doing anything at CSM where some students or new professionals could come meet others that are interested in this area. Um, well, this is kind of exciting. We are not doing something as far as I know yet separately as a SIG, um, but um, we are trying for the first time an all SIGs meeting. So um, all of our SIGs are getting together to meet together. I think it's on the calendar if you go to um, if you go to the CSM website I think it's actually listed on the calendar um, the SIG chairs are supposed to be meeting next week to discuss the agenda um, because we have people that are members of so many different SIGs you know they they feel torn about which SIG to go to for the SIG meeting um, so we're going to try this and there might be a time where we break off into smaller groups um, but we're going to do an all SIGs meeting, um, and I think that'll be exciting. And I think that would be a great place for the students and new professionals to come and see all the SIGs together, um, see all the members together, and get a vibe of kind of what each SIG um, has to offer and, um, you know, just how that working, you know, as SIGs is going on through the APPT. So I would really encourage them to attend the all SIGs meeting that we're going to have. Absolutely. And just so some of our members who haven't been to CSM know, in the past, normally there is a specific time for SIG meetings at CSM, but they're all at the same time. And so you kind of had to choose, okay, which SIG yeah. that I'm involved in, am I most interested in going to their meeting versus how many meetings can I go to? Um, so that's such a wonderful idea and it's nice because I'm sure there's some overlap too and there, there's a good way to get ideas mm -hmm. from other SIGs there on how they're doing things or what might be beneficial to other professionals. Yep. Perfect. So those were really all of the questions I had. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us about your SIG, Lori? It's very, very rewarding to be involved professionally and to, as a school therapist, um, you're kind of siloed and because um, you're not with other PTs a lot. You're with other school teams, but not necessarily with PTs. So you feel a little siloed and you're not in the medical world. Um, right. So you're not close to the doctors and the hospitals and the other people in the medical world. So um, I found that being involved professionally um, as a school therapist got me more connected, a whole lot more connected because um I didn't like that silo feeling of um, feeling like I was doing it all on my own. So um, that's kind of what pushed me into being involved professionally. And then it's just grown from there. Yeah, that's um, that's funny that you say that because it's something that came up when we were talking to um, the representative from the early intervention SIG because they kind of run into the same situation where yep. they're around many other therapists throughout the day. Yep. And one thing I, I don't know that I emphasized before um, is assistive technology um, because we're really, we really do a lot of focus on assistive technology and the supports required um, at the point for, for the adolescents and adults to really be able to engage in their home life and their community life. So whether it's seating, whether it's mobility, 
um, positioning, um, communication, how they access that, environmental controls, um, things like that. Um, so that's an area, again, like I talked about, it's very challenging um, and interesting, but that technology piece um, and those supports is a huge part of working with um, people with lifelong disabilities. And especially as they get older, because um, maybe they were walking when they were younger, but they're no longer walking, but they still need to be functional and mobile. Or maybe they can walk a little bit, but it's not functional. They just never reach the functional point of mobility. And so what does that look like for them for the future as they get into bigger schools, as they get into community activities, as they get into jobs and things like that? Absolutely. And even if we're not working with somebody who is currently in this stage of life, it's important to know some of these topics because parents ask, they ask, you know, in the future, what might that look like or what might we need to prepare for or start looking into? And so having some of these resources or being able to reach out to the adolescents and adults with developmental disabilities, SIG, and saying, hi, this is, you know, this is what my patient looks like. This is kind of the questions that I'm getting. I need a little bit of help as to where to guide the parents. Um, so you guys' SIG right. seems like an awesome opportunity for resources and knowledge and experience for all of us that are coming up into the pediatric world. Great. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Lori. All right. Thank you, Josie. Wow. What an awesome conversation. As promised, all of the links that were discussed during the episode will be at the bottom of this episode description. If you have any further questions about how to get involved, feel free to reach out to either Lori or the SNAP crew. We'll be happy to assist you find your place in the Academy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to like, favor, or share with your friends so that they can get more involved in the Academy and learn where they fit. As always, thanks for listening.